12. 12 ounces. Oh, it's a claw. There are it's, no actually, it's not even a real claw. It's an off-brand claw. Oh, it's Kirtland, the, Kirtland it's a, Claw. Oh, I've heard they're good. They're actually, yeah, they are. They I, were we like can't. Half, they were like half of white claws. It's yeah. a wit, wit claw. Yeah, wit, yeah. It, it is is El, El Claw de Blanco. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I was gonna say beige claw. Yep. You're funny. We're almost there. Oh come you on! Sure? I gotta get to the theme you song. Two, you already had two chances, even. About to put mental on the theme song because I think but it was pretty I'm good. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go back to work. I mean, look <laughs> at <getting> excited. <laughs> Welcome to Everyone Racers, a show designed for the world of low-dollar racing and oddball car culture. It doesn't matter what kind of lucky dog champ, do-claw, white-claw you got. We love you, no matter what you're drinking. SECA, NASA, we don't discriminate. As long as you drive it hard and build it yourself. Join us each week for tech discussion, tips, tricks, News and notes in the world of amateur endurance racing, and whether it's on the spot, hella sweet, or we're lucky enough, and Chrissy gives us just the tip, we're sure you'll giggle a little and learn even less. Everyone report to the paddock. This is Chris. This is Chrissy. I'm Jeff. And I'm Mental, and we are Everyone Racers. Thanks for coming back and listening to a Buzz Aldrin episode of our podcast. It is episode 174, and it is being recorded on January 20th. Um, Nothing really big happened today, so I dug this up. Um, January 20th, Eugene Buzz Aldrin Jr. was born on this day in 1930 in Montclair, New Jersey. Yep. He would go on to graduate third in his class at West Point. He flew 66 combat missions in Korea, shot down two MiGs, earned a PhD from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. He also did three spacewalks, was the mission commander for Apollo 11, and the second human being to ever walk on the moon. But we all know and love buzz because in 2002 the then 72 year old buzz aldrin punched six foot 250 pound 37 year old lunar denier named bart siebel straight to the ground one punch laid him out and of course that video is in our show notes if you're not currently on the moon or driving a car don't forget your e1r bingo card what you working on i know you guys are all busy this weekend but we'll start with jeff I love that video. It's been years since I've seen it. I'm going to click on it right after we're done recording. <laughs> uh, yeah, as Mental suggested, we had a work weekend. Woo-woo. We uh, got all, all joined at the Chris and Chrissy Palatial Estate. Tried not to freeze our tookies off in the very warm garage, actually. It was very pleasant. And, Having uh, a heater in the garage with it, with an insulated yeah. garage makes a big difference. Yeah, I'm jealous. Totally jealous. Actually, Jeff, I got that heater from you and your wife brought the I wrong know. one. Remember yeah. That? Worked out great. Yep. She bought the, uh, the, the, uh, what is it? It's gas. Nat- instead natural of gas. Natural instead of gas. And we had propane in the house. So yeah, it was a Harbor freight job. Anyway, uh, what did we do on the Z? Well, we're going to talk about swap stuff later in the episode. Uh, we actually did a lot of, I, or I did a lot of non swappy stuff. Uh, we did suspension. We replaced the entire suspension. Uh, we did brake lines, not braided brake lines, just good old rubber ones. Uh, I worked on the cool shirt cooler. I did cut a hole in the hood. That's kind of swappy, I guess. Uh, and it was only like 80% Cheetonium what I did, and I don't care. That's what I did. Yeah. Yep. It's amazing the things we do to fit a $150 engine into a 
nine hundred dollar <laughs> car. Oh, oh, oh. oh, and you say it like that, it's miserable. Yes. You guys can check this out on our social media, but you know, before you guys had the hood on there, I was thinking it was just going to be this ridiculous NHRA Pro Stock hood scoop. It actually looks really good. I think it's going to look fantastic. It is. It, it'll, it's, I don't know about it, fantastic. It will not look fantastic when it's done. No. I assure mm-hmm. you. It's, it's, it's not like this view blocking hood. It is. I think it's. I, it's it'll just be subtle. It'll be nice. I mean, everyone will know, but yeah, it won't block our view as much as I was worried. So that's yeah. nice. Yeah. And uh, you guys did a great job of, of tabbing it out and kind of marketing it and keeping it nice and tight. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, you just, didn't just see this. From, the picture, just from the view that you saw. Yeah, the pictures aren't very good if that's yeah. what you think. You, because yeah. it's totally. Mm. Oh, it's Jeff just got a um here. <laughs> really <laughs> glad. He yeah. It's not as tight to the valve cover as I expected it. Nope. Or intake manifold. Intake yeah. manifold. Yeah. Yep. Instead of the cut, check, cut more, check, cut more, check, repeat eight times, it was cut. Oh. Hey, that'll work. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> that's <laughs> that big. hole's well, I gotta, big. I got to take that one little corner off there, but uh, I guess that's it. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, yeah, this 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 one might show it a little better. You can see there's. So you can decent, fit your hand in between the. the there's pound, a decent the amount of snow. room there, but that's yeah. all right. It'll all cover with whatever we yep. decide to cover with. Exactly. Yeah, I, I I don't remember doing anything other than those things, but I'm sure because there was lots of little things that we were doing. So it was like. Little quick oh, little you did job. The, little you job. did the starter job. and the clutch slave. Oh, the clutch slave. I forgot about the clutch yeah. slave. Oh, and you we, changed the diff oil? Changed the diff oil. And we yeah. power flushed or we flushed all the brake oh, fluid and got we, nice clean motul and everything. And we did a lot of brake bleeding. Not like mm-hmm. an, an inordinate amount, but we did like the, we bought this piece of shit for $800 from rednecks who probably never took care of their brake fluid and we were going to race on this brake fluid so we're going to flush it and flush it and flush it and flush it and then oh shit it got empty fuck watching the reservoir i don't know (laughs) put more in let's do it again yep but hey it wasn't too bad to bleed no it wasn't bad at all all right so uh, yes what'd you do I've been working on the Z all the time, like I usually do. But I had three solid days of working out with with you guys, so I continue to fiddle with wiring. That is a almost nonstop job. Um, got gauges wired more. Got an OBD two port in. Um, got a got the kill switch actually finally wired properly, um, including the kill switch will kill all of the engine things. So every sensor, every injector, every coil all get killed by the kill switch now, which is good. Um, Worked on the again the cool box switch, USB ports with a volt gauge, mounted the gas pedal, so that was some good time in the lotus position under the car, including making a throttle stop so that our over exuberant drivers who are so excited to have all of the power don't uh, bend the firewall or anything by or break off our, our lovely welds on our uh, yeah. There's like 19 welds on the pedal, so yeah, let's not. And how's break the bolt that. that you broke off then had to drill out or? pull out yep yep yeah. bolt broke i had to pull that one out that was fun especially when you're lying in the lotus position under the dash um tonight i even installed the power steering pump i got the new pulley on it got that actually bolted up in the car got the drive belt on it so all the accessory belts are all done um found i ordered the wrong sandwich plate oh we had an oil cooler in this weekend too oh like, yeah yeah from scratch we got an oil cooler in when when eric eric k came up for a day to help us out um, and tonight I am in the process of, I've pulled 
about 20 wires out of the main chassis harness between the, you know, Remember when you were in the trunk, you were like, what is all this? What is all this crap in the trunk? Yep. Yeah. Now Chris was like, oh, crap, it's there. I'm going to take it. Because there's so much junk in the trunk before, I couldn't tell. Now that you got the junk out, I could yeah, see. Yeah, there is. There, right? So, uh, yeah. I'm, I say, you know, I, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just saying oh. some people, some people appreciate. Jeff's been watching a lot of TikTok. I'm volunteering. Yeah, so uh, mo- most of those wires are out. I have to. I've gotten them all traced and cut out up to about the front of the cage, and now I've got to pull them out of the fu- uh, coming up toward the fuse box a little bit more, so we don't have any loose hot wires in the ca- in the thing, and then loom it all back up. But things like the the windshield washer, which is in the rear of this car for both front and rear, because that's a great spot. Um, the uh, the amplifier for the power antenna in the back, along with all the yeah, antenna power either. wires, the rear speaker wires, the you know, dome light, the courtesy switches and extra lights. Yeah, go on. Nice. Add lightness. It's, it's tedious. Mr. Chapman. It's not lightness. It's it's reduced complexity. Like fewer things there to be in the way or to get smashed or break or you also label made things all the I all did. the place <laughs> everything that plugs in the engine has a label on it now and labels Ugh. on the gauge labels on the switch panel that are not as funny as hamza's but uh, i feel like okay. the impetus of this started at road atlanta in the snow and the honda a few years ago well what that was that was just worn out wires in the distributor that cracked um, right, but you guys tracing them literally were with the fold-out two-page yeah. you know, wiring diagram. Our, our problem wasn't what wires do what, though. It was which What's wires broken. are broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what is disconnected? So, but for the obvious stuff, like in toward the back of the car, like it's there. It's just a matter of then of delooming the entire harness and taking all this sticky tape off of everything that's been there since 1992 pulling the wires out one by one and now I have to reloom the whole harness and get it back so it's cleaned up and out of the way. But it's coming along. Nice. Uh, and also also provided general adult supervision for whatever else was going on. Whatever. Chris, I need you here. Chris, come over here. What are you doing? Why are you sitting? What are you doing? Okay. Anyway. Something uh, like that. Right? Uh, so I have to after just these two talking, and I'll give a couple of things that I was working on. Uh, I know you're going to keep listening to the, to the main topic of our show, but I feel like you should be listening to all of these things. That was just a weekend's worth. So <laughs> just noted, right? Okay. Keep it noted. One little tiny weekend and in a two plus year job with to five get this car people on working on it at some point. Uh, and, just, just, and this time next year, when we were talking about the race woes of what happened on a race weekend and what broke and what didn't get connected. Yes. Okay. Anyway, um, I was focused on heater hoses. While a fairly simple job only had enough heater hose to not mess it up, and what? Why? Why you put a heater in your uh, heater hoses? Because I would like. Because when it's cold out, I want to turn the heat on. Duh. Because because we've all driven cars without heaters, and we swore (laughs) never again. And that's why. That's why defroster, defroster, and every experienced endurance racer also leaves their wipers. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Even yeah. left even left the rear one on the I suggested car. we pull the rear off and I was told no. No. Cuz the not, the trunk not, lid's not heavy enough. Come on. Not, 
not until it's proven that we don't need it. Like okay. if we're racing in the rain and we feel we are not using it and don't need it, then we can pull it. But all right, so that a little thing is not going to be enough for that trunk lid, and on the wing, it's pretty heavy. Anyway, that, w- that won't be why we don't win. <laughs> True, <laughs> that's what I'm getting at here. Okay, so I deal with the heater hoses. I had a certain amount. I measured it six times. I cut once, and it was too short. Uh, so I had to uh, add more hose or hose clamps. So that just ended up being a longer project than we knew. It's fine though, I think. Um, and it's kind of in a nice angle is what we all agreed. Uh, and then the other day I, I got all fiberglassy cause that's always fun, uh, by doing the heat wrap on all of the exhaust manifolds and exhaust piping. Uh, that was terrible. Basically every, I was like, don't touch me. I went through eight, 25 gloves, even though gloves are at a premium right now, just to try to save it. What? I forgot to order gloves. <gasps> Put it on the list. I know, um, I'm you drive by Harbor Freight like every day. I, they don't have gloves. No, remember we went? They didn't yeah, have they, any. They, they had them. Mm, they were just they like, were like a box yeah, instead of something five stupid. Um, so yes, I used many gloves to try to keep the fiberglass off of my, and still end up with on my arms. And I said, don't. And I left my clothes in a pile till today <laughs> uh, to not touch. Don't touch them. They are full of fiberglass. Uh, and we had tacos. So there. I missed the tacos because I had to go home. Mm-hmm. They were good. Mental, what did you do with your weekend? So I've been doing a little bit more garage work. I got two more of my workbenches pulled out, got them stained, got them polyurethane, stained some of the backing behind there. Uh, some more additional lighting that I'm putting in the garage. Some of the paint. Never have too much. No, you never can. And uh, the, the one that I had hanging that I had bought from uh, Lowe's some time ago, the LED, just died, which is disappointing. So I'm, I'm, I'm now adding three of a better kind. Go on, go on Amazon and, then, and look up Barina, B-A-R-R-I-N-A. Oh, what is that? LED lights. It's what I have in the basement. Oh. You can do surgery down there and they're cheap and they're, they're a GRM favorite uh, like the people, but look those up. It's like 30 bucks for six of them and oh, they are okay. yeah, great. great. Yeah, excellent. And I did some pool paint preparation while we're waiting for the temperatures to get up a little bit warmer on here before we paint our pool. So um, something I didn't put in the notes that I did want to bring up. So I got home yesterday and I had a package waiting on me. It was great. The person who had sent the package paid $14 for express two-day shipping. The postmark on this package was December 24th. (laughs) But... The good news is Holy last night crap. I had Chrissy's mom's cookies. You did not eat them. That's oh, terrible. Yeah. We're totally fine. No. We're totally fine. Oh, uh, sure. They're in, a, not... they're in uh, a sealed Tupperware container. Yeah, it's good. I won't 26 ask how drunk, days later. drunk you were. <laughs> they weren't good. Some of them I got hard stone, the four days later. I was stone cold. I got home from work. I'm like, what the? the oh, you must white. be so desperate. <gasps> I got all excited. No, it's again, like the, the snickerdoodles are still uh, uh, soft. Okay. If they're wrapped well, they could do pretty well. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Well, right. and no one knows what the shelf life of Chrissy's mom's cookies are because they don't last. <laughs> they don't one last. Day. That's right. true. They don't usually. <laughs> a month later. I like, don't know almost. what the shelf life is, but the roof of a lemon's car in a lemon's paddock life is about a half an hour. <laughs> yeah, for and a whole container. What, yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. That's once the word gets out. <gasps> Chrissy's mom's cookies. Yeah. All right. Cool. So. That's what I've been working on. Not I was just going to tell my mom, but I think she's just going to be super pissed. I don't well, know. <laughs> again, uh, it was, it, it, I imagine the goal is, is less about the cookies. I genuinely, it brought a smile to my face. We're just glad That's you got them. 
So yes, I was, I was quite happy to see them, but less about cookies. And since this is not everyone cookies, uh, we should probably talk about what's going on in the world of racing, which means it's time for news and notes. After five years of red tape, the NHTSA has completed a regulation permitting low-volume motor vehicle manufacturers to begin selling replica cars that resemble vehicles produced at least 25 years ago. Well, you say, what kit cars have been sold here for decades? Yeah, this doesn't seem like news, but the key differentiator here is a newer rule allows production and sale of complete, fully assembled turnkey replicas. So the replica car law and implementing regulations allow low volume manufacturer to construct up to 325 such replica cars a year. Who knows how they decided that was the right number, but whatever. <clears throat> anyway, subject to federal regulatory, regulatory oversight, these cars have to resemble production vehicles manufactured at least 25 years ago. So someone could make a 1990 Miata. <laughs> like, there you go. Anyway. Uh, and Rex recognizes the unique challenges faced by companies that produce a small number of custom cars. Um, the vehicles are required to meet current model year emission standards. Okay. And so in, in 2019, the EPA issued guidelines for installing engine packages from other EPA certified re- vehicles and the California Air Resource, Resources Board issued a regulation for producing compliant engine packages. So things like the uh, GM sells the E-Rod package w- of the LS motor that is a complete ready to drop in with emissions controls, computer wiring harness, but just like plug this into the cigarette lighter and it'll run. Um, <laughs> So things like that. Um, so, but uh, yeah, it's taken a long time, but SEMA actually sued the NHTSA in October 19 to require the agency to issue regulations allowing this law to take into effect from 2015. So yeah, Wait, so- we've been following this story on this show since SEMA, since <clears throat> you guys came out for SEMA. So. Yeah, well, yeah. because they passed, they passed the law how many years ago? 15 years ago? 10 Five years ago? Plus. Five plus. And then they. 2015. 2015. I'm sorry. I thought it was 15. And then they just said, well, we're just not going to write the rules. Yeah. <laughs> They're stuck in regulatory hell. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, no, we shouldn't be su- rules. That is a government tactic when you don't want right? to. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I was like, you shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. The government's yeah. the, the, low, the least person to make any changes of what's going on in the, in the world. Like, yeah. it's just a general statement. Yeah. So now you can buy your replica Cobra ready to drive or your Lotus 7 kit ready to drive. Well, or also. 32 Ford Roadster or whatever else. Yeah. So this is great for like Factory 5. They can just actually make these things ready to go. Well, yeah. So I was going to say it's the companies like Burton who's been making the stock kit for years and you know like brunton burton is no brunton sorry brunton they 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 can now finish the car and sell it to those people who want to buy a complete car it's also delorean because dmc has been a fully functional company in texas for years on that note yeah, I have. Uh, let me get. Let me tell Go. you about that. So, hey, we think you drift oh hella flush folks are right. But when it comes to driving hard, you might be out of a job. So recently, Toyota's Research Institute partner, partnered with Stanford University, Stanford, who's Stanford, um, Stanford University to create driving technology that helps prevent accidents. Hey, this sounds great, right? Part of this technology is advanced maneuvering of a vehicle without hu- human intervention. Well, gearheads are gearheads. So the team realized that a few tweaks of that software may Make it pretty easy to get a super drifting indefinitely under the control of a computer program. Uh, this isn't the first time. Uh, last year, the Stanford crew built an autonomous drifting DeLorean. Uh, 
Look out, Johann Schwartz. <laughs> the computers are coming to take your... Uh, they're take coming your, to take her jobs. Take, they're they're gonna, they're gonna they just take did. your uh, whatever that. What was it? it was drift, um, drift title? Drifto title, the yeah. longest drift yeah. ever. All right. In less happy news, Gerald Jerry Wingert passed away last week at the age of seventy-six. Recognizing that probably only Jeff and I are old enough to remember Jerry Wingert's fabled Vector W two. This was a early designed in 71 built in 78 early 70 supercar that was going to outdo the best of Europe. It was designed and marketed by Jerry Wingert ultimately not to be uh, mostly of vaporware. He built two of them would repaint them, update them. Mm -hmm. And they swapped, they rotated through every magazine cover from the, my earliest memories of reading well up into the nineties. So they were on the cover of every glossy mag back in the day. Uh, they did almost make 20 of them powered by Lamborghini versions. The original one was a 350 Chevy through a Oldsmobile Tornado transaxle. Lamborghini powered them when the company and Lamborghini were also bought out by the Indonesian venture capital firm Megatech because it was the 80s and they were based in Florida. Then the whole Ponzi scheme all fell apart. Uh, Jeff, you had something in here about the one of the guys who did this was actually... Uh, uh, pardon today with 143 pardons. Oh yeah, so, we're going to get there. You, all right. So uh, anyway, the whole Ponzi scheme fell apart and the there's, I think there's a handful of the W8s running around, but when he passed, of course, Jerry Winger was working on another car that was going to revive the Vector name and be the fastest thing in the world. Uh, I remember I a, this. I'm, I threw a I'm picture of my, my co-host. Yeah. But I, I was always highly disappointed that the three-speed automatic in it, like I would say, that's so cool. And then I'd say three-speed automatic. Yes. What? Was that in the W2? Because I don't remember the W2. Yes. The w- I remember the W8. The W2 yeah. was a twin turbo, but it was a it was a big block uh, Chevy motor backed up with an Oldsmobile Tornado, which is why he could only get the three speed. And the odd thing is the uh, shifter was on the left side of the drivers yeah. mounted in the gullwing door. So kind of a yeah thing. So here's why I remember the W8. I mean, obviously it was in like the car and driver and stuff like that. Cause they made a bunch of them. They made like oh, 220 yeah. of them. And, uh, no, 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 they made 19, 19. Oh, it was that 20. Was, I that think. was, it was okay, 20. 20, but that was, that yeah. was the, the W8 was the Lamborghini powered one. Yeah. So that was the one that was in the Wesley snipe, Sean Connery, rising sun, rising sun movie. Uh, yeah. Chrissy, we're talking about a movie that you should check out. No, you no, shouldn't. Don't. The movie is gone. <laughs> it was not good. Uh, it was a much better book, by Michael Crichton. So uh, Mental suggested it. This is actually a different story. Uh, Anthony Lewandowski has been pardoned by the now former president, Donald Trump. And you're like, well, Jeff, what? this isn't everybody politics. Why do you care? Well, we cared because this guy was the guy who created the auto autonomous tractor trailer company. Um, the judge who sentenced him said, said it was the biggest trade secret crime he had ever seen. Lewandowski pleaded guilty to stealing trade secrets from Waymo, which was a uh, Google company. Uh, I'm sorry, which was his own company, but is now an Uber company. Never mind. Uh, so he used all of, he basically downloaded all of his designs that he made for Waymo, took them, started his new company that was called Auto, and then he sold the business to Uber because Uber wants uh, self-driving cars. This is all self-driving car technology. And Google, who is Waymo's parent company, said, hey, wait a minute. That's all that stuff you made 
for us before so now the two companies are suing each other they've all settled uh but he is still uh in the clink or was about to go to the clink for uh 24 months the lawsuits are still flying but now he gets to stay on the streets but tiger joe exotic is still in jail still in jail it's all because that <laughs> bitch carol baskin yeah Lewandowski oh, those still has to Lewandowski still has to figure out how to get out of the $178 million that they say it's like they are not owed. much money. I think that's, I think that's the amount of money that he sold the company for. So that's what they're saying that that's the profit he made. So yeah, self-driving trucks and Uber self-driving program, uh, totally stolen. Yep. All right. Upcoming races. Do we got any? No, no. Recent results. Yeah, we have recent results. Yay. All right. This weekend was Lucky Dog's Hair the Dog at Laguna Seca. Uh, 45 cars there, but that's typical for this facility. Uh, For Saturday's 6.5 hours event, top three cars were on the lead lap. Uh, first was on the edge in a boring BMW. 39 seconds behind was the Arschlock Renan driving another boring BMW. And 47 seconds later was the third in Door Slammers and then Riata. The Evo finished just in front of the Failbird in 30 seconds, but the Omega was oh. 20th. So both of our cars, both of our Levin's racer friends had some serious problems. The Failbird had a wheel bang problem and then a potential steering column problem. The uh, Omega had brake problems. So then they went to go get the Solstice. Our solstice. They tried to use the solstice, but it was not excited to be in the fill-in position, so it told them so with check engine lights. I did not realize they went to get the solstice for Saturday. Well, well, no, they, brought it. they brought yeah. it. Yeah, it was there. Oh, they, they brought it anyway. <clears throat> oh, yeah. right. not. Oh. So on uh, Sunday, the seven, seven, seven and a half hour race, the top three were the same lap again. Door slammers first and second, and their Miatas about a minute apart. Third was the Mustang, the Blue Cheetahs. Uh, this time, the Evo was a lap behind for fourth. Failbird cracks the steering column, like we said, had to pack it in early. Um, yeah, the, the rough weekend for those guys. So, but Ren Corey finished 42nd. Sorry. Well, because they, they, he had a, a break. Problem. Yeah. Break problems. Yeah. Like so, that's what we said. So uh what do we know about lap times? Was the failbird at all like keeping up with the traffic? Do we know? We don't know. Wasn't watching. Oh. I was watching. I didn't think it was anything out of the ordinary. I mean, I was yeah. only opening it and looking at the laps and it looked pretty consistent. Um yeah, everybody's running running one fifty low one fifty, so like one fifty one. I think yeah. it was pretty consistent. So they were not. They no, were they were yeah, they yeah, were, yeah. Yeah, they were mid-pack. They had to run the EC class because they didn't have the spec tires. Uh, oh, right, 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 right. All right, listener feedback time. Okay, so I posted uh, what you're working on. Got a few inputs. G uh, Racing G73 said they got the rust bucket parts Miata up on jack stand so I can start stripping it. And our buddy Randy was trying to see if he can pay for a black market liver replacement for the for show with showbiz pizza tokens. Uh, we'll be talking about that in a little bit. Don't let my son know we're talking about showbiz pizza. He's going to be down here in a minute. Like <laughs> rock fire explosion. I love the rock fire explosion. Nope. What are you talking about? 
on the tube from our Eric Rude show, Al Jones said that his half-inch torque wrench is from the Isle of Shame at Aldi. No regrets. That's amazing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't want any crap for buying any tools at the Harbor Freights. We don't give you that. No, we buy wrench lots of tools at the Harbor Freight. Aldi. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you go, tell us what you find. That's not even a good tool to go cheap on. Come on now. I'm sorry. Go on. No regrets. No regrets. Keep going. Oh, it's my Sorry. Our <laughs> European buddy Erling mentioned the Corvette sinkhole was on an episode of Roadkill. I didn't realize that. I didn't get to watch a lot of Roadkill. Uh, he's, of course, referencing the Corvette Museum. We talked about the going to the track and the sinkhole that ate up, ate up the Blue Devil. Uh, so anyway, so uh, Chrissy checked in with his hearing because I yelled a lot, I guess. I, I think it was our, our, our wonderful guest. At some point, he was like making some <laughs> making fun of something and he went oh, and he like ate his microphone. And all I could think of what normally we would say. And I'm like, no, Erling. Um, but we, he it said was it was OK because he was on speakers, not on yes. headphones when he listened to the show. So. That's always good. And and Ron, Ron Harrington let us know he thought we did a great job on the Lemons Eye Racing Stream Sunday night. It was awesome to be a part of it. Thanks, Ron. Great to have you and your fantastic themes there, too. Yeah, absolutely. We love Ron. Uh, we should talk about it. The I Suck at Racing truly epic event that was the Kim Harmon Scrotium 500 Key Party. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware and might not know that we... Um, we had a uh, we had a a key party theme in our regular race cars a hundred years ago, and we were all on the broadcast talking about wouldn't it be cool if we could like force people to trade i racing cars? And Nate Levine, who is the brilliant man behind a lot of the i racing that is done in Lemons, came up with a way to do it. He paired forty racers. Uh, he had them qualify and took the fastest and put them with the slowest, and it came out to a great two hour. Enduro at Road Atlanta, which is where we would have had the Iscrotium regular meat space race. Uh, the cars were the Miatas and the Jettas, and driven right, turned out they're both pretty close to each other. This was a fundraiser for Lemons of Love, and it made over $3,000, which we had a gigablast under- there. Yeah. <laughs> It just, it just underscores as much uh, that you guys in the Lemons community and the iRacing community as a whole are awesome. Thank you all so much. The mingle, biggest single donation, $300 from Soggy. Speaking of Giga Blast, uh, the first team to actually cross the line was car number 86. It was a duo of Shane Cochran and Carl Edwards. But before the race started, Eric had put the 40 cars into a ra- or 20 into a random number generator and he got seven. So we decided that that was going to, the real winner was going to be number seven. And that was number 30, Greg Schitting, Schnittinger and Peter Monet. But that's yeah. not all. Onlylambs.com CEO Randy Bish was able to raise $1,200 uh, of it. So initially that was to buy him a shot of $10 every time somebody donated $10. Uh, when that shot number hit 56, uh, he th- asked for mercy and said, can you buy it down? And that landed him in the 20. So he joined us in the booth. He made us think uh, that around, uh, he thinks that he cut around 18, but uh, he wasn't sure that he actually existed. He finished the race uh, dead last. No surprise uh but he still uh, still finished and joined us in the booth and uh for the follow on oh almost 40 uh delaras and mx5s racing on dirt at linear speedway it was great fun and matt Cordier won that one as well that was hilarious 
the Randy was more coherent than I expected. Sorry, he, he he was. Uh, yeah, the, the the race was good, and I thought the dirt race was absolutely hilarious. I that was fantastic. That at some point, um, there was an overhead shot. And it was cool because the Miatas had headlights and the Dolores didn't. So like the 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 panning of the headlights made it look like it was like UFOs landing. The Dolores had way too much grip. Some, oh. Someone didn't do it. Someone didn't do a good total about a dirt track and a Dolara on slicks. <laughs> no. Oh well. We like to break the uh, iTunes physics models for things. I racing, not I iTunes. Racing, not iTunes, iTunes whatever. Them, we, them too. Everyone knew. Screw yeah. their physics model. Their physics model sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, that's a song. Were they crazy? Right. Speaking of things that suck, uh, we had an E1R race on Monday. We traveled to the Okayama circuit in Japan for a, a battle with radicals and pro Mazdas along with 87s, but nobody picked the 87s. Everyone was in the radicals and pro Mazdas. So um, we followed that with spec racer Fords, Mustangs, and the Skippy cars. Race one was a little smaller turnout. Uh, the radicals were clearly faster in the high gears in the Mazda. That uh, the body work has a little bit of arrow at the high high speed. So that uh, that made a made a solid difference, even though they're pretty same in the corners though. Um, race two, we had a big group, <clears throat> some really close racing. The, the track is pretty technical with second gear corners and high speed sections. It's all over the place. So it was it was decent fun for a free track, especially. It was also great to have Ward Burglar Aaron join us for his very first time. I had no idea. Yeah, you probably saw him into a wall in various places as you went by. Um, he's still getting the hang of it. A radical is a tough car to, to start with uh, for your first eye racing. Did, thing, did so. he get like a real rig, or is he like? Is he like? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Dave said he pieced something together. So, I mean, I think, I don't think it's, it's, you know, pulling on strings to joysticks and <laughs> things like that. Or he's, he's lighting up there. a pickle like so he can. Uh... <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking, like, like, is he on a controller? Does he have a steering yeah. wheel? Like, you, know, I, I, you could just add it to the you can ask chat. Him, you know. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes. We know how to get a hold of him, but it was great to have we him do. there. Thanks for being there, Aaron. Yeah, I know. He's, I'm sure he's very excited I to get back. I feel bad about missing it now that I know Aaron was there. Bummer. Well, we'll, we'll Oh, that, that happened luckily, like that night i don't think yep. he yep. he I can come back know. you know if he's got the stuff so i was gonna say luckily we race every monday night if you would like to join us on the e1r uh i racing we have a lot of good fun we it's not serious if you take it too seriously tom lamino will hit your rear bumper at a high rate of speed he doesn't show up though suggest no, that it was a sexual act <laughs> Tom's usually yeah, at we, 10 o'clock race. We have a good time. We play fun stuff. It's it's really fun. If you have an iRacing rig and you're tired of the seriousness of racing, come on out with us. I think okay. next week it's time for uh, Irwindale with the jump again. Yeah, yes. it's been a while. And we had crappy cars last time. Like I didn't... Well, Oh, we did like the big ass truck, whatever, like the... Well, that's usually okay. But Jeff, you were in the sprint car. I was in the was... sprint car. She had no oh, traction. Right. It was terrible. I, I think... Uh, in completely wildly inappropriate cars on the figure eight with the jump are the best ones. I will say the pro Mazda, not so good. Every four, four times off the jump and it's smoking at the back. So don't pick that one. Monday, a, nine a o'clock. Perfect. At yeah. Eastern. Nine o'clock Eastern. Yeah, mine. Exactly 55. I was, I was trying to make sure I didn't interrupt mental Monday, nine o'clock. Uh, find us on any of our social medias to get the password. The only reason we put a password in 
is to make sure we don't get every swinging never mind in there who's like, why isn't this a serious race? So, so are you just joined an, a, a race at Irwindale? I mean, I'm yeah, sure. I, I guess know, there are some some jump. serious races. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. But uh, oh, it's if, boring without the jump. If you know our favorite <laughs> brake pad, you already know the password. Oh, and get on the Discord. And get a Discord. Yeah. You know who never us. takes iRacing too seriously? Chrissy's but mom. would really Chrissy's like mom. the jump at Irwindale. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds great. Okay, I would it's... say we should totally have your mom on the on the like give her the you know let her sit in the rig. But I imagine the conversation after about ten minutes. Oh, these people are terrible. I mean, kind of. <laughs> oh man, I, I have to time. say I did the notes a while back. There's a lot of stuff here. A lot of stuff has been added, so we should really get right to it. The main topic. I started, I went to open my mouth twice, and then some people got to say, oh, okay, all right. Okay, we're talking engine swaps. Remember I told you to listen to well, all the crap that we did this weekend, and that was not even all of it. We're going to talk engine swaps. This is part number two of a mini multi-part series. We don't even know how many. Okay, so we told you to not start with, uh, start with most engine swaps, especially in not total custom or completely insane. All of this is kind of relative, I suppose. Uh, oh, we have the four categories. It's stock okay. plus, stock plus, same, same chassis. chassis. Yeah. Totally custom and completely insane. Okay. And yeah. Which one you're doing, you know, go back to our last episode. Anyway. And, and number three is kind of like <laughs> known custom. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then there's like, screw it. We got this flathead. Let's put it in. All right. We're back to tell you about how to avoid this sort of pain and work and how you can learn from some of our mistakes because you will probably learn that. So we were last on one se- episode 170. So go back and listen to that one so we can remember the main topic, what Chris was just talking about. And we just told you the reasons not to swap the motors, set the stage for types of swap that you could possibly do and how to nickel, uh, how it will nickel and dime you to be poor and there's pros and cons. All right. We're going to go down the road of sadness. Um, and maybe, maybe we'll have future domination. Maybe so. Okay. We won't make it that far. Don't worry. Obviously, what engine are you going to pick? And there's, there's multiple factors to think about when you're going there and it's, it's size and not just will it fit? Cause anything fits if you have a welder, but you've got to be able to get to everything, especially if you're doing this on a race car it's going to break. The race car always breaks. So you've got to be able to get to the starter. You've got to be able to get to the spark plugs, the wires, all the stuff you're going to need to replace in there, the shape of it. And when we talk about that, it's that front or rear sump availability motors that are, some motors are extra wide, the Ford 4.6 versus the Ford 4.6 quad cam, much wider than the five liter even. Power to meet the goals. Weight, less is better. Hence the popularity of K-swapped Miatas and Ecotech swap Miatas. Parts, availability, and that usually is tied in with your cost. The knowledge base. Uh, granted, it's a really silly idea to throw a flathead six into a 90s Camaro, but if your entire team is pretty good with a flathead six because they pull it out of another car, you're probably going to be okay. But if nobody understands how a Coyote 5.0 works, then you probably shouldn't be messing with that engine. And then or internet knowledge base too. Like, has this been done? Does anybody know how to do stuff? It's like you know, anything on an LS, for example, you can find somebody that already did that and posted about it. Yeah. That's all you can keep going. And then finally, you know, the, the last aspect of that is all of the other. Oh, okay. Am I gigablasting? No, sorry. 
Yeah, Giga Blast. Okay. You Giga Blast it a little. Go on. All right, sorry. Uh, so, in the same for all the other bits, you know, your transmission, your differential. Uh, you could put this great engine transmission in there, but the rear end's not going to handle the power. Then you're just ripping that part up as well. Uh, the ECU, the wiring, the accessories, everything. You're going to have to find a home for all that stuff, and you can't just slap it anywhere because it could get heat soaked or burned or splashed. So, think about there is multiple layers that you're looking at on here, Jeff. I just want to say that the knowledge base is is probably one of the best things that you really need to consider because every time like a new motor comes out, they're like, oh, we could swap that motor into a blah, blah, blah. Well, somebody's got to be on that bleeding edge. And usually that's got to go first. So don't be the first person to swap it no matter what it is. Especially in lemons because... <laughs> you need the cheap solutions yeah for for endurance racing and the reliable solutions if you're the bleeding edge that means you're you're the one that's going to break and teach everyone else how to do it so don't or do just that. that it's a really really dumb idea and yeah. i'm trying to find a link on here but i want to say it was one of the gearhead groups i follow but it was uh an ls swap shop this is how they make their living is dropping ls's and they wrote a two-page op-ed on why putting LSs in everything is stupid. And the, guy's, <laughs> the guy would say, look, I understand. I make my living do this. And I'm telling you it's dumb. Don't do this. And it was going through uh, just the, the, the concept of the difficulty and kind of underscoring the lies that have been ta- told to you by your favorite automotive YouTuber. Yeah. It's tough. Chris, why don't you run us down some of the well, most popular ones? Yeah, some oh, people on. are determined, so they're deciding, I'm going to do this anyway. I don't care what these fools say. So some of the ones that you're going to hear talked about. Honda K-Series, which has taken over for the prior B-Series, which is the one that everyone swapped into their 93 Civic back in the day from an Integra. Anyway, the K is out. It's much better. It's in everything. We have one. The knowledge base is amazing. It's the best four-cylinder ever made. It spins the right way for a Honda for once. Um, comes in flavors up to 205 horsepower stock. And, it's, and the people are also putting them into Miatas, MR2s. Everything. I've seen it in a lot of stuff. Yep. And uh, they can make huge power. They seem to be fairly, fairly reliable. You've got to, you pretty much use a Honda transmission. If it's in front drive, it's a rear drive. They make adapters for everything from BMW transmissions to Miata transmissions. Um, none of it's cheap, though. None of it's cheap. So there's that. These are these are all over the import racing scene also. Yep. You can find you K can, series in you can make ridiculous you can build a K series brand new from all aftermarket parts, including like billet blocks. Like that's what's out there. It's amazing. So mm, it's basically the the LS of the four cylinder world. There you go. Yep. Let's get to uh, some cubes. Ford displacement. 302. Hell yeah. The 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 four point nine 5.0 that uh they've last made these in 1995 they were popular over the chevy swap back in the day because they're physically smaller than the chevy and the distributors up in the front not back on the firewall which is a big problem for some with the chevy swap so um, they, they can't make as much power but you know there's still plenty of of things that came out of fox bodies around or out of lincoln mark sevens and Things like that, but they're all getting old. Um, the, the, all of your Crown Vicks, uh, your, uh, yeah. your your trucks, the, the air, the whole nine. Oh yeah, years. there's a there's a there were a billion out of them, but three quarters of a billion have been crushed by now. So <laughs> uh, or okay. raced to death. Right, 
but you can still get st- anything you need from Summit for that kind of stuff. So they're out there, decent transmission choices. Um, I mean, they're not a bad choice, but they're, you know, kind of in the shadow now a bit, yeah. but they're still okay. 5.0 and T5 is the LS of swaps before the LSs were made. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, other Ford options is the, you know, the 4.6 the, is really durable, but enormous, like enormous even the single cam ones huge um the 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 five oh coyote or the three valve even huger they're enormous so watch out for that because it's great to show to make a motor that you you know this will fit and then you need to take a cylinder head off nope that's an engine out job now Uh, yeah if and if 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 you ever want to really daunt yourself look at the routing diagram of a quad cam 4.6 liter timing belt Still not as bad as an Audi 4.2 that's on the back. <laughs> no, no, it is not. But no one, well, if you're swapping Audi 4.2s, you're a lost cause or you're a genius. Yeah, there's plenty of people that thought, I'll get this Boxster and the Audi 4.2 will bolt right to that transmission because the Boxster has a blown engine because they all do. And this is going to be great. And then they bought the parts and said, oh. Yeah. Uh, so small block Chevy or now the LS or LT. I mean, this is McDonald's. Anything you need is available. Anything has been done. You know, the old Chevy still works, but the LS is just better in every single way. And there's more of them and they're newer and they're fresher and, you know. Yeah. And you, they've been around long enough that you can still go to a flea market and buy, you know, three cams for $10 and just put the biggest one in, right? That's an Andy Nelson trick. Um, so yeah, it's a V8. You, you pick the size, you pick the power, you pick the cost, the sky's the limit. Have a good day. What one wire alternator. Yeah. You you want aluminum. You want, you want cast iron. They come in all kinds of flavors. You name it. And you can mix and match. Oh, supercharged. Oh no. You want a turbo kit? Sure. How many do you want? Yeah. Whatever you want to do. They're all Mm -hmm. there every choice you could possibly want um some some domestic four cylinders the ecotech is popular because gm stuff has all been hacked to death and because in the turbo solstice and skies they made some pretty decent power and the cobalt too um so they can make good power the, mo- the more mundane ones less so excuse me they don't have the character of the k swap they just they just don't feel as good they're just kind of a little more agricultural and whatnot but um damn if they're not cheap um uh, yeah, and the the transmission and every solstice or you know the two wheel drive Colorados those all bolt up and there's weird things you can do with bell housings from you know a, a Dodge Dakota two point five. Yeah, so I was gonna say the Dakota bell housing that's a, the one to right, get right right to, you can, then you can put it to a Toyota transmission whatever all there's all kind of that crap like that that you can do and now there's the Tremec TKX and stuff too but anyway that's out there. Uh, but that's essentially anything from 140 horsepower to 260 stock from GM. There's also the Duratec MZR. This is Ford said, we need a four-cylinder engine, but we're terrible at those. So Mazda, <laughs> you do it. Yep. And Mazda did. And they came up with the Duratec MZR, which is still in use to this day as the EcoBoost. So anything, any four-cylinder EcoBoost is still actually based on an old 80s Mazda design. That's what it is. I did not know that. It's all based on the old F thing, like out of like an 8626. Or that's the L. Anyway, one of those two. One of those huh. old Mazda designs that it was updated to become that. That's what we have in Chrissy's Mazda, for example. Yeah. And yeah. so um, these are anything. These can be front drive with Mazda 3 or 6 or Fusion parts. They can be rear drive with Ranger or Miata parts. 
stock power levels or anything from 140 up to, I mean, what's the EcoBoost Mustang now? 300 and something? Yeah, something. And Ford sells power packs. They like wire those up from scratch and, and things. So the good support on those for basically anything you want to do. And the regular 2.5s are available in every junkyard for $89.95. All you can carry because they put them in everything. Yes. Um, That's intriguing. I didn't know a lot of people were doing those swaps. They're not. Yeah. There's some of them are, some of them are not. Yeah. yeah. Not, there's them. not a lot of people. They're doing I, them, but- I've heard a lot of Ecotech swaps. I have not seen a lot of MZR Duratech swaps. An eco, a running Ecotech, not one of the ones that Chris mentioned out of the the, the high end Solstice, Solstice Skylines. Yeah. yeah, but a running turbo Ecotech out of a Malibu is three hundred dollars with yeah. forty thousand miles on it. Pull the waiting turbo for ones. You. Turbo ones are only in these high end Solstice Sky and the Cobalt SS. Sorry, but, so the yeah. other ones are like the one hundred and sixty horsepower mundane. Like actually feels pretty crappy to drive one. Sadly, they they they've got there's um. There's a flavor of it between the super high performance ones. I want to say it was like 180. Uh, and the Sloman brothers know them because they've become ecotech whispers over the years. And, and the Toyolet. The Toyolet. Uh, they, they were yeah. running one of their, with the Colorado transmission, they were running one of the mid cycle yeah, ones. Cause, it's, called, it's called the LE5. It has 165 horsepower. It was in the okay. Solstice and it was right. in like, like the Cobalt SS non super or turbocharged and things like that. So. Okay. The, the Saturn Ion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> My father um, beat the piss out of that Saturn Ion. That thing was. I, I remember when he did a Dukes of Hazard at that one rally in that thing. That was that was a shame. Well, I think that was really it was more. Um, it wasn't a fancy motor with compression and stuff. It just had more cubes. I mean, it was two point four. Yeah. Instead of two point two. So yep. if there's no replacement for displacement, you can find it. Yep. Um. BMW makes six cylinders and there's a lot of them and they're not no. too hard to swap into stuff, no. but there's, there's Don't better do things you can do. Um, no. There's midsize V6s, like the Nissan VQ, not oh, bad, but come sa- on. Sa- it sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. VQ sounds good. But it has, but it's good power. It's not too big. It has a good transmission behind it. You know, the, the wiring is getting figured out. There's the Honda J series, which is cheaper and sounds better and makes just as much power, but harder to get a trans behind it for rear drive stuff. Uh, they're putting them in a lot of Miatas. There's some, yep. They're the good, J- but the Miata trans is getting a little questionable yeah. behind a, the, a the J, J series. The J series Miata swap it was like when that first came out, man, I loved that. I read about that in I grassroots, I'm pretty sure. And I said, man, this is going to take over. Because the well, four, now Chris, people Chris, were putting you're the 50s in and they were too Chris, heavy. you're Chris, you're a Honda guy. What's the power output of a J versus a K? Uh, J is anywhere from 200 to 265 stock. K is 160 to 205. But and you're K... taking a big weight penalty with a J. Not too oh, bad, yeah. actually. It's all aluminum. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, that was the, the whole key. You could K has approach... been figured out entirely. J. That's what happened. They weren't really much. doing K swaps back then. So the J swaps were like, this is the new frontier and everyone's going to be doing this. And then the K's came out and it was just better. But yeah, you, you can the, make just as much in a smaller package with less weight. Not too J, much less, but that less enough. The J swap was like, stop putting five O's into your Miatas. They make them terrible pigs. Now they're doing all kinds of other stuff. Yep. Um, people are going to say GM V6s. Yeah. Those are a no. mixed bag. No, those are a mixed bag. There's a mixed bag. 
the old 90 degree Buick sixes, the 3,800s, they're decent, they're compact, but they're getting old and they weren't cutting edge to begin with. The 4.3 Vortex, it's a 350 with two cylinders out of the middle, but with the 305 heads. So the heads are terrible. They made a bunch of changes to them over the years. So like you can swap the short blocks around, but you got to swap everything else for the short block. Um, some of the newer narrow angle V6s are okay, like the 3500 and 3500 and 3900. People have had good luck swapping those. Are those are the high feature V6s. Because the high value. High V6s. value. Yeah. Right. Whatever it was. Um, they make decent power and they're cheap. And some people for champ car, they're great because their their point value is nothing because they were in every like Chevy Uplander yeah, that yeah, was yeah. made and they make 220 horsepower and you could put, there's all kinds of transmissions you can put to them. Like every V6 Camaro T5 will bolt right up. Um, so they're, they're, they can be good choices and they're apparently better than the old 2.8s and 3.1s because those were just crap. Yeah. As everyone who has a Fiero will know. I think you meant you missed a line in there about those 4.3s, and it's it's something we personally have experience with, and that we've seen a dozen times in the paddock. That, like the, I said, that that the short blocks are the only thing that interchange, and that you got to get all the other stuff that might because they change fuel injection systems a few times, they change heads a little bit, they change all that stuff. So yeah, like we in our our uh, Glenn's truck up at New Hampshire. Just this past fall, they blew up their motor. The only one they could find nearby was from like an 04. Well, they had to swap the entire heads, everything, just the short block. And the intake and all the accessories, everything got different. And when you call the junkyard, they're going to be like, yeah, we got a 4.3. Yeah, we got a 4.3. Yeah, get it. So that's just the start. I mean, you can swap in and pretend to swap in anything you want, but those are some common ones that there's usually some support behind uh, that you can do things with. So GMV sixes were like the stalkers and stuff like that. We talked about that earlier. There was, they had their heyday, but that day is done. Absolutely. And I think that's a really a key is that there are things move in and out of favor because people have figured it out. The reason people aren't doing five O swaps anymore is because they're all gone. And or people have figured out better things. A better thing. Absolutely. Better that's things what it, too. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. it comes down to. Yeah, and yeah. where you're so now, like you know, said you know, the GMV6 stuff, people have figured out the new GMV6, the LFX. And they're you know, starting that's kind of been figured out now. So people can do that. So why would you start with a 200 horsepower? 3400 when you could have a 300 horsepower lfx that's in every single camaro yeah yeah you know, well, there's also there's a bell curve and engine prices at junkyards too and it's not the older the yes. car gets the cheaper it is that's it's around that true. it's around that like 10 year mark is when the engines are cheapest because that's when the most of these things are getting pulled into junkyards. and five years later when they're now 15 years old getting they're getting really crappy or, or they're at, there, but they're just terrible. I look mean, at you, everything that's in a buy here, pay here lot right now. That's your that's your junkyard. That's your sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, five yeah. years, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, Chris did, used a lot of terms there, and he he talked about a lot of different motors. And you're you now your head's swimming. You're like, I could put anything in. Let's really get down to brass taxes. You got to get out there. and You got to start measuring this stuff. Mental said everything will fit. Well, you got a welder. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but dimensions are important. Uh, we're going to, we're going to put a link in the show notes. It's from teambuick.com. It's engine dimensions. It's a great chart. You can see it. Um, it's some older stuff. Some of the newer stuff you might have to look around, but you're going to look around to find it. He just, 
if you just Google engine swap engine yeah. dimensions for insert engine here, you'll find something. Absolutely. If absolutely. it's actually if it's any of the common engines, you'll absolutely find it. Yeah. People know it. It's on the internet. Google it. But let's talk about some general things. General things, Chris already mentioned. That one's really wide or that one's really tall. Look, overhead cams, they're gonna make that car more powerful, but they're also gonna make that motor really big on top. He said narrow angle versus so ninety angle ninety degree angle v sixes are wider than the narrow angle sixty degree v sixes that means the v because you know not everybody knows what we're talking about here. the v of the motor, the left bank and the right bank are either sixty degrees or ninety degrees apart, and obviously you know from basic angles that a 60 degree will be narrower but slap four cams on the top and you might not no longer be a smaller motor so you really got to look at all this um you might think that things are generally the same size but i'm telling you that d16 single cam single overhead cam you know y8 honda motor was absolutely dwarfed by the k24 i was amazed at how different the size is they're both hondas they're both four cylinders, and they were drastically different sized. Ask me how I know when you have to pull and put the engine in, take the engine out without the engine hoist. Look, Chrissy lifts the D16 with one hand and a white claw on the other. <laughs> She's got to go. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Squat down. Lift with your legs, not with your back, which is moving the K24. I mean, for years, Chrissy and I really would swap the motor in and out of the Civic, the D16, with just two of us lifting it up over the front of the car. Yeah. That was it. Really, the engine, the, um, excuse me, the um, oil pan that it was not like flat was the worst part because you just had to balance it. Somebody got the heavy end, so we had to like, you know, balance it. It was kind of awkward that the bottom wasn't flat. Other than that, it was fine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right. D- dimensions are going to make a really, really big difference. And if you want to go under the hood, if you want to, you know, these things really matter. So, anyway, so you're going to go to the hood. We already said you're going to go to the internet. You're going to look at the dimensions. Make or find sure. a friend with that same motor. Sure. Ask them for measurements or measure it yourself. Like, see yeah. where the weird stuff is. You really need to take into account the accessories. Okay, you need to measure where the block hits, but you also need to where the accessories are. Uh, you might end up with like that motor will fit, but there's no room for a radiator or you have half an inch between the timing case and the radiator. Well, I thought it would fit because I looked at the measurements. So you really need to know where the measurements are. And this is also where some different cars might offer different parts. Uh, we have a Corvette pulley set on our LS 4.8 and the Z. Because they're a lot narrower than the truck accessories. So it's like more than an inch. It sucks all the accessories. Oh, I think it's even more than that because it was like an inch and then there was the bolt, you know, like so it the the accessories being skinnier make that entire motor package must less lengthy. I'm trying to like not use the same word again and say skinnier. Girthy. Um, Girthy. No, girthy's wide. Oh, and okay. it's long, 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 really, because we're talking about because it's it's regular mounting how much space between the radiator and the block. So, yeah. So really, you're going to have to look into that. And that's where a thing and like it's... an LS where there's different options, you're going to be able to find a bracket from one thing that puts the alternator up top and a bracket from something else that puts it down the bottom, you know, where the 
where the, the the accessories go, where the routing of the hoses go, what do the what does the water pump look like? All of that can change even on the same motor. Chris, go on. And it's not just the length you were talking about; it's the positioning. Like if if the accessories are mounted down low, that might not fit between your frame rails. Where if they're up high, it might. Or it uh, might hit the hood. Right. Depending yeah. on what you're putting and, it in. And even things like watch out for where you, like your water pump outlets and things are. Is it pointing just straight forward? Well, that's not going to do you any good. Like you, now you got to figure out something else, yeah. for example. And those kinds of things, like nobody thinks about like where, where does the nozzle go for the, you know, the Chris just mentioned for the water out of the block, that stuff matters and it matters on how complicated you're going to be. And the stock location that might be the furthest thing out. The water pump outlet might be the longest part of the motor. Mm-hmm. So you got to look at all that um, me- engine mounting methods. This is another one. Once you know that it's going to fit, how are you going to detach it? You know, rubber mounts, solid mounts, motor oh, straps. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. What? Yeah. There's, talk what about about it's, it's almost like we had show notes. I do have show notes. But so this, it, there's a difference between what he's saying and what you're saying. Okay, yeah, go ahead. So, okay. <laughs> I, I have my show notes. It's right there. Go ahead. <laughs> because the mounts can affect where it sits. Because if it sucks it down, you know, if you have a, a one inch mount, that is going to bring it down lower to the frame rails, which might screw up where your oil pan is, but it also might give you that hood clearance. So mounts can affect height can affect location what's available are you going to have to cut something up are you going to be like like taking a hockey puck to a to a belt sander trying to get that extra half an inch so you fit somewhere all all of this is going to be out there and you can buy mounts uh chris i believe you say that it's the han sport mounts passport Hasport, thank you. Hasport mounts that are in the Honda. Um, we're in the LS swap, so literally there were 27 different versions of plates and things that you could weld together, and uh, you know you could make them from scratch. You know, at some point, someone out there is going to be drilling a hockey puck, and from what I hear, by the Canadian hockey pucks because they're better made than the American ones. I'm and serious. they're metric. They're metric, they're so metric. They'll, they'll they'll go with a lot of them. And they say a, and they're pretty polite. I, I was literally on a YouTube channel where they said, "Oh, I got a lot of heat in the comments because I didn't buy Canadian hockey pucks because they're supposedly a better durometer and they last longer." Uh, whatever who knows i don't know what that's all about i don't know <laughs> whatever engine mounts matter because you can measure that you have 27 inches between your frame rail and your hood and if the motor is 27 inches you ain't got the room because it's gonna have to have a mount and yep lastly make sure there's something actually solid in your car you can mount it to that's somewhere near where the mounts are on the motor because that's not always the case uh, it's, a, it's a quite yeah yeah that you're absolutely right if you're going to have to build a structure in the car to mount the motor that is a whole other complicated problem but not insurmountable or I somebody's think- done it or somebody's done it for you i think i would rather custom a lower frame for the motor mount then cut a firewall. Yeah. Mm. 
we're talking about fitting stuff in there. All right. So the engine fits, but now you got to start thinking about your secondary interference. And I personally can name off a dozen friends dating all the way back to my high school days, whose great swap project has you been dated absolutely... a dozen friends in high school. Do they all really? know about that's, each that, other? That's, that's what you pulled from that. I mean, it, it was, a, it was, it was a bad joke and you stretched to get it. I mean, I'll laugh if it, it makes you feel any better, but okay. Uh, I, I enjoy no, I, it. Um, that makes one. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we're talking about the secondary interference, but I can name off going all the way back is a, a dozen projects that were side railed because they could not figure out how to get an exhaust around a steering rod. Uh, don't, I don't know like what you're talking about. Attacked by this I now. don't know exactly what you're talking about here. Could right. you- so yeah, the motor fits in there, but you've got no way to get your exhaust between the motor and the steering shaft or in, in you know, or the fender uh, wells or anything like that. And that throttle body points right at the firewall and it's got no clearance. So you're going to have to double and triple. And even after that, your hood clearance, your firewall clearance and your fan or radiator clearance on the, the distributor. Condo, Chris measured that. Chris measured that fan to radiator clearance a dozen times and it still was tighter than we thought it was going to be. Just there's, there's millimeters and a quarter inch here and there and everywhere. So you want to give yourself plenty of room on that one. And this is the point that everyone misses because it's not something you notice until it's too late, but it's that driveline angle. You're going to have to adjust your engine location on the car to get that at a proper angle. Otherwise you're going to wear out your components and you're going to have all kinds of weird vibrations. And this applies to both your front wheel drive and your rear rear wheel drive our friends that we like the tuna here told us already that they ate what did they say four cobalt ss axles mm-hmm. yeah oh, we, we might two. have had we might have and, had this yeah, conversation this week three. yeah exactly yeah. and so that's one of those things and in uh driveline is a very very precise thing you think oh it's just got to be like this because you've watched too many of those sema builds with those ridiculous you know, drive shafts are doing that. But if you're building a race car or something, you're going to drive on the street. That drive line needs to be very, very smooth. Otherwise, components are going to wear out. Yeah, for rear drive, you have to match angles. You don't necessarily want it perfectly straight, actually. You want a little bit of an angle to it, but it's got to be like two degrees from the trans to the drive shaft and then two degrees from the diff to the drive shaft if for a live axle. Otherwise, Pinion like, angle. Google it, everybody. Right. Exactly. If you're doing independent rear suspension with a Guibo, like then it's all got to line up pretty well. Front drive, like you don't want to have like a wacky inboard angle all the time. That's going to wear those out real fast. Mm-hmm. So you might think like, oh, yeah, these guys are talking. They're really smart. They can figure all this out. <laughs> Chris, how did our axles do the very first time we took that Honda out? They were great for half a day. So mad. <laughs> oh, and, 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 so mad. Eric Rude teched our card. What did he say? He made yeah, us, yeah, he, he, how, how many axles are you going to swap this weekend? And we were like, ha, ha, none, because we just fixed the axle. Ha, they ha, were brand ha. new. Brand they were new. Brand new from Rock Auto. Lifetime guarantee, sucker. Yep. <laughs> yep. But, but this is what I'm saying. We had it's, to get good ones, like really yeah. good ones. Well, no, but custom made, really, right? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Cause we were like swapping, but even going back, like think all the way back to the all wheel drive Honda days, there was the, those kids next to us who slept in their tents and it rained and we were really yeah. sad about that. They had a grand am. They had a grand am with some sort of like 3.1 swap. It wasn't even a fantastic swap. I don't even remember what it was, but they kept losing their axle cut cups 
because the suspension on their car had more droop in it. So the angles were fine, but when they would go over a bumpy section of the track, it would literally just pull the axle apart. And they solved it in the worst way possible. They just welded a chain between their control arms and the body of the car. I mean, that sounds like a great idea. But this is this is the kind of stuff that you're gonna don't swap your motor, people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, now that you figured out what motor you would like and you've considered all of the things that have to stick out of it, let me just say, like I'm laughing at all of these things because we write this stuff and most of these things are we have talked about, at least talked about, if not have actually already tried to fix on our car. Uh and so I just feel like we've done this. Um and my question to when people are listening about this, how do you figure this out without busting all the axles? Like, how do you figure out? Okay. You don't. Some of it's, it's measurement. Like, yeah. So a lot of, if you're super careful and analytic, no, you measure what, what is the distance from this to this? What is the distance from here to here? Like you, some people make mock-ups even of like out of cardboard that are close. Yeah, Hamza would do that, but I'm not right. sure how many, most people are going to do no, it. If he you have would a, do it out of laser centered, centered metal. Sure. Well, I think he would just 3d print it. Uh, sure. If you have, if you have a common swap, they sell mock-up Styrofoam. plastic, yeah. or like plastic engine blocks, like for an LS, oh, yeah. like you can buy a plastic engine and you can, that's like, how do it fit like with the holes in the right spot? They're I not cheap. We, we might not want to have done. No, it's too late now. Okay. <laughs> you well, but but it, it's, it's all of the measurements you do will get you into that ballpark and you're still going to have issues. Mm-hmm. I, I've uh-huh. seen a lot of people design it with a, with a, with a, um, an empty block. Like yep. they have the you full can... motor, but then they, <clears throat> they have a, a bare block that they look and figure out the mounts and, and you know, and this them. is all for the, 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 mostly custom swaps if you're just doing a stock plus or a same chassis swap this isn't really a problem you know let's remember that too like those really just but don't try to reinvent the wheel if this has been done by an oem use their parts they're probably the right ones and they're probably going to work so just use those if okay. you're doing it by yourself, that's when all this stuff applies. Okay, okay. Um, I'm talking about mounts, and I really do think that most of you, y'all have talked to us about some of this stuff, but let's talk about mounts. You've got this engine, now you're going to try to put it in this car. It may or may not fit. It may or may not fit by, like, centimeters, or you're smashing your hand when you're trying to put it in the car. Uh, and we played you're the game. You're going to smash your hand. How, how much do how much you have? Go, 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 go. Nope, stop. In, no, in up, a little up, more. up, up, up. In a little no, more. No, no, up, no, 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 no. Right. no, no. Oh, back head. out, back out. Right, up. so that's... This Jim, pump, game. pump, pump, Jim, pump more, harder. Nope, let us down. Worst, down. worst porno soundtrack ever. Oh, no. And then there's so much owies because you <laughs> because the engine has swung to your, it smashed your hand between the engine and the firewall and the, okay, anyway. Um, use stock mounts if you have them. Uh, that sounds a great idea. Or if not, uh, make sure that you find a prefab kit. Are there stock mounts is something that you can actually fit? So I think the ones that we're using are um, a something that is not exactly stock, but we made it work. I think we figured out, we kind of did some welding and made some, you know, like metal that seemed like it was going to line up with where the, um, you know, where the mounts were. And we just made it how made it work to what our setup was. Yes. Go ahead, Chris. The, like what I was thinking for like for the Honda, we got the Hasport mounts. It's a prefab kit. This will bolt this motor into this car and it will do it well. Right. The ones we got for the Z were, well, these will bolt to the side of the LS 
And then they got some Good metal pits. Good luck. Figure right, out the you, rest of right, their own. You have to now cut and weld the rest of it together. So that, that's a good, they're very different ways of going right there but, but it was a good start so at least we know the bolt holes line up and now we just need to mm -hmm. figure out where the plate goes and both of them were completely different so you had to know which mm -hmm. one was which um but we made it work and they're gold and they're beautiful jeff great job high five um gold paint That's right? the one we have they make it look good um so if you decide that you need the new subframe stop right now and run away uh, because that is not a good idea. Uh, you are in the completely insane category and this is not, you're just not going to be happy with this because mounting the engine, obviously very important. So don't mess with that kind of stuff. Um, so how, so what now that you want to put your engine in and you have fi figured out what kind of mounts you're going to have it, how's it going in? Uh, and is your front suspension going to support it? Hopefully you figured out how much this weighs. Um, but, uh, and you might be surprised. I think we were surprised when we put our engine, we put the whole car on the ground. We said, how is this going to sit? And of course, then you have suspension issues and, um, but is your suspension going to be good enough to hold said probably larger engine uh, and what's it going to do to it so um what's it going to do the balance and then you might need to be replacing more than you planned because you figured out that now i have no clearance because every, the weight is too much uh and how are your brakes are you gonna be gonna they're gonna add weight and hopefully speed but they are uh you're adding the weight and speed. So now you have to figure out, are your brakes going to be big enough? Usually it's like, oh, let's go faster. And then the brakes are the next things to upgrade because now you can't stop. Uh, does this, yes, go ahead. I was going to say this, I, I made fun earlier of the five liter uh, early generation, first generation Miata swaps. This is what was wrong with the five liter Miata. They call them like Godzilla Miatas or whatever. Monster, Monster Miatas. Monster Miatas. Thank you. Monster Miatas. <laughs> They were so heavy on the nose that they handled terribly. They didn't have enough brakes. They were rockets down the straight, but you lost the Miata-ness of the Miata. Yep. They get better as long as you put aluminum heads and aluminum intakes. And yeah, but now you're like totally stuff. making like you the got, You got it better, but, but still. This is why the turbo swap became so popular because it yeah. was Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Easier. Next. Does your steering clear? Maybe you might not know that your steering doesn't clear until you have now tried to put your engine in and you said, great, it's awesome. It's holding up. And then you're like, oh, it's holding up on the steering. Um, so that's probably, probably going to be a problem. Just take it into consideration. Um, how about your exhaust? Does your exhaust fit now? Because it's probably not in the place where uh, the channel of where the exhaust, the previous exhaust went in, probably not going to be the same place. Uh, so now that your car is lower, your nose is lower, is the exhaust going to drag? Uh, how's your exhaust actually going to fit? Uh, and your oil pan, because that's <laughs> on the bottom too. So what happens when you have this beautiful oil pan with the most beautiful welds and you say, wow, this looks really great. And then you put the engine in and then you say, well, it's now sitting on the pan. Well, let's now take the engine out again for a 75th time and then now take the pan off now have the welcome the wakeman valdez because the engine that you have is still pouring still oil pouring out motor over LS the place. motors never stop pouring out oil we should mention this if you try and do an ls swap you're gonna have a puddle of freaking oil in your garage even when you try to not no have what this, you do it's going to be there so now 
uh, you have a steering. So now you have to take your pan and now you have to crush, you have to crush your pan or you cut your pan and you weld your pan. And now it is not as beautiful as it used to be. Uh, so chances are you will probably have to do a custom oil pan. I'm tempted to or say. Look around for what's available. If, if, if an engine has been in a number of cars, there are a number of different pans available. Like for some of the ones we talked about, the, um, you know, for the, the LS, is it a truck pan? Is it a Corvette pan? Is it a Camaro pan? Is it a CTSV Corvette pan, pan with wings. That's different right. than the Corvette pan. The bat pan, wing, right. The bat so wing. You got to research into which one of those might fit for you. Like Ford 5 liters, they had the front sump pans in some of them and yep. rear sump pans in others, which is entirely different drive shafts. But is, is your cross member going to fit there? And make sure your dipstick goes to the bottom of the pan and not the top of the pan. Because then you will say, oh, I don't have any oil in here there's... or there's so much oil here in here, whichever, uh-huh. what, whichever end it's. Did it's that touching. happen to us? You sound like you're speaking from experience. I'm looking at one of our other people. Here. Oh. oh, that's only if it gets blocked by a baffle that you make. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That like, that's what I'm yeah. saying. When we're talking about yeah. oil pans, I'm just saying, okay. Um, Got it. We should do yeah. it. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Mental, on mental has his hand up. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Everything Chrissy talked about also, but when you do end up doing your old cool custom pan, uh, did you do enough clearance around that one? Because I spent the race weekend pulling a motor out four times because the pan kept hitting the front cross member and cracking and we couldn't figure out why. Mm. Shh, don't say that. And make a baffle when you make it too, while it's out, you might as well. Some door hinges and sheet metal and Play-Doh and you can do it. Um, yeah. Uh, exhaust, like Chrissy said, you got to find a place to put it. So, there have been a lot of creative solutions over the years. Like the MGB V8 had headers that went into the fenders because that's where it could go. Oh, okay. Are you going to have to get creative? If so, now you're building headers. Now you're level of guilty. Straight up out of the hoods. Right. Yeah. Yep. Flip them over right out the hood. No big deal. Get a truck flat. Ding, 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 ding. Except, except those aren't legal for any race series, but yes. Except Devo Derby De- and screw you. <laughs> yep. Every drag guy's got, somebody's got it right out the hood. Anyway, go on. I'm sorry. All right. I'm derailed. Tran- transmissions. We talked a lot about engines, but transmissions are just as important because there's an 80% chance if you're swapping your engine, you're going to need to swap your transmission too. Um, some of the more common swaps may have adapter kits, but you're swapping it out for a reason. You're trying to make some more power. So can your stock transmission handle that? Think about where you're going in the future too. Like if you have a T5, all right, that'll hold a stock 5.3 LS or five liter, but you put in something hotter, you put a supercharger on your five liter or you put a hotter six liter in. Now you're going to grind it up. Turbo six liter. Right. Turbski six liter. So So now you're going to need Right. Now you need a new transmission. And so now custom transmission, maybe you're getting a TKX or a T56 for rear drive stuff. Uh, people might not know what they are. Can you explain those? What uh, the- T- TKX is a new Tremec transmission made just for swaps. It's actually a great solution, but it's not cheap. Well, it's cheaper what it is. It's like three grand. But for a brand new, fairly compact, fairly strong transmission, that's it's a good value. Uh, T56 is the six speed that was used in Camaros, the, the, the like later, Camaros. later Camaros and yeah. Firebirds and Vipers and stuff like that. So, uh, but a custom transmission means now you're going to custom drive shafts, transmission mounts, clutch linkage, maybe being the hell out of your transmission tunnel, maybe building an entirely new one. Uh, your shifters 
maybe not be in the right spot. Your pedals might not work anymore. Um, you know, and then if you go into front drive stuff, is that transmission a direct shift or a cable shift or a rod shift? Can you accommodate that even like rod shift is really tough to accommodate if your car doesn't have a direct spot to do it. Or if you're mounting it behind the driver now for a front drive setup, rod shift. Now you're into weird bell cranks and rod, stuff rod like that. shift is bizarre. Most of Volkswagens use rod shift, right? Sure. Well, I mean, the Civic did that car old Civic did, but it was a, it's a really nicely designed setup and it's got these great straight rods that are right there and has a wonderful but you didn't shift have to feel. move it from where it was supposed to be in the beginning. Well, the old far. one because right because we did a stock plus swap at first and we kept the same transmission and all yeah, worked yeah, great yeah. and then when we did k we went to a cable shifter well to put a cable shifter in the car you know if i wanted to keep the interior I hear well, the now cat. I have to, the cat's here if i wanted to do, keep Sorry. the interior i would have had to mount it under the car entirely if i wanted you know fortunately we didn't have to because race cars so i can make a bracket to put in a cord shifter with a cord cable so i had a different bracket i had to make to pull to the civic transmission a lot of brackets to run cables right and there's a bracket to hold the cables as they go through the firewall there's a big ass hole that they have to get cut to fit through etc it's these take a lot of time um and even pedals like metal go ahead and i'll finish on pedals say, in, in after all of that brilliant fabrication work I have never in my life been so delicate and concerned with a five, six shift. Just, eh, 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 is it slow on the clutch? Is it really in six? Okay. It's in six. Okay. Good. Yeah. Unfortunately, then I rigged up the solenoid to now block out the reverse. Oh, we needed now. it well, no, because all I of meant... us admitted it was happening. And then he's like, it's not happening. It's fine. And we're all just like, okay, we're not going to tell you all the times where we're not sure if we're in gear or not. Well, and, and actually, and, and, and I wasn't worried about reverse as much as I was worried about fourth. Well, that's it. But now with the yeah. reverse lockout, you can kind of hold it against the right ah, side. Ah, as you get six, the gear. Yeah. Never yeah. start yeah. slam shift it like a talon. <laughs> yeah. Bam! Don't do exactly. that either. No. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, pedals. If you have oh, a... pedals. You didn't you think have... you were going to mess with the pedals, did you? Yeah, right. You're gonna. Yeah. And he's like, like why well, is Jeff having such a problem with this? And then he tries to Well, like with the LS, well, I knew it was rough. I do a lot of rough jobs in that car too. Uh, like, you know, if you go and drive by a wire, you now need to mount a new pedal. How, does the, the stock one, you, you can use that. Maybe you can, maybe you can. Maybe you drill some holes in the firewall. Maybe there's no spot to drill it. Maybe it's a weird, not flat spot. That, that now, how are you going to do that now? And the pedal's going to point like at the dash. So now you have to make a whole actual <laughs> arm. Yeah. Right? Even, even clutch. clutch pedals. Yeah. That's what I'm Go getting on. to now. Clutch, like our Civic, it was a cable clutch from the factory. We are putting in a hydro. Guess what? There's no room for a master cylinder on the firewall side because there's a strut tower in the way. So it's got to be on this side. So now I'm making brackets and like, redesigning the whole pedal cluster to fit a later Civic clutch master cylinder under the dash in an impossible to reach location that kind of fits with a remote reservoir right this is the stuff that takes forever yeah so and you're going to be engineering all of this stuff if you're doing it on a budget or doing it to something that's never been done before or you're a little off playbook or what you're doing is not as common or that part is just too damn expensive. Stick to the stock plus or the same chassis swap, if at all possible. Because if you're custom, this is the problems. And assuming you've gotten this far of everything we said tonight, you now have an engine and transmission that's in the car. 
really a basic, basic long block in trans in the car. Let's say that. Congratulations. You are now 20% of the way done. And exactly where most engine swaps stall out and die and get parted out. Well, you that, mean I can't just fire yeah. it up now? It's right. in there. That's where it I ends keep up. Keep asking on this, actually. Facebook. That's how it ends up on Facebook Marketplace. Yep. Twenty percent. It's swap accurate. Do you think? Do you feel? I like think twenty percent is about right. I'm okay. gonna say yes. Twenty percent is accurate if you don't count all the times you have to pull it out and pull it back in. It's twenty percent <laughs> of just the effective length. <laughs> yeah. oh, Not counting okay. anything that was ineffective. Okay. But, it's and 20% it's also only effective. This is also too if, if you're not making combined like we made a race car and did a motor swap at the same time that was more work than if you already okay, had I a buy race this. car got it and then did okay, the swap good. or you hit a street car like <laughs> we're doing extra it also like we're, we're also kind of future proofing stuff but things by things like putting an oil cooler in and, and, and fantastic know. ducting to the radiator right and my exactly. brother like a day and a half but right um so we told you this is a bad idea so you're now at the point where the car is we going to get passed out. We were not lying. Out. Right. So now if you're this deep in, it's almost too late. Uh, it's, it's either cut, cut out now and don't, don't fall for the sunk cost fallacy or you're dumb like we are and you're going to keep going. So join us for some future episodes where we're going to help you dig out of the hole you're now so deeply in. Um, shows and topics including but not limited to wiring computer setup making exhausts making intakes make making cooling systems adapting accessories never-ending wiring clearancing the rest of the car yeah i I got some accessory stories yeah yeah you do yeah i don't even mean from ours i i literally watched a swap it was an international harvester with an ls swap uh that when he revved the motor the steering went left. And nice. I'm not going to tell you why. Oh, we're going to no. talk about that on a future episode. I mean, it's in every swap, though. Like, we had to deal with this in the Civic. Like, what exact combination of parts can get the belts to go in a place that they might actually work? We did it in the Z. We've done it in other things. Like, even a even a stock plus swap. Like, the the Civic, the single cam non-V to, like, single cam VTEC. Yeah. The, the pulleys were a little different. And the brackets are a little different. You've got to figure out which combination is going to work. If you're one of our listeners who've successfully done engine swaps, and we have a lot, um, if we're missing some of these pitfalls for that episode, we're not going to put it in our, our listener feedback for that episode. Send us everyone.racers at gmail.com or on our social medias because we're going to store that for examples when we do the pitfalls episode that Chris is talking about. Yeah, we want to definitely hear your stories. Tell us about your swap nightmares uh, or that really cheap ass thing you bought off of Craigslist because the swap was. Done, almost but not done. running. <laughs> just just done. needs 90, wiring 90% and exhaust. There. No problem. Yeah, no yep. problems. <laughs> I know what I have. Don't lowball me. <laughs> awesome. Uh, are, are we are we are we ready to move on? Yes, I sir. We are. Okay, cool. So, uh, just a, no, just a tip. Tell a sweeter, but terrible, and it's in green, so that means I get to talk about it. Um. Tomorrow, I have a, an appointment to drive my first potential next car, and I've mentioned it before. I'm dead tired of the Mazda 3 and 175,000 miles and 220 on the Protégé before that. And I'm just tired of Mazda hatchbacks. I'm getting a Ford hatchback. I don't know if that's different enough. Uh, I am 
laser focused and have begun my shopping in earnest like an entrepreneur in AER not seeing any of the yellow flags I think I'm going to get a 2015 to 2018 Ford Focus ST ST2 or ST3 package it's got the Recaro seats and the moonroof and the Sync 3 3 system I've done all of my research I am now going to go find one so tell me folks is this hella sweet or but terrible? What am I missing? Why is this a bad idea? And what car should I buy instead? Someone tell me how dumb I am. I think it's the fine choice. And if you decide it's time for you to have a new car, then go for it. You've had the other one for a long time. Although I would say that you are in your prime opportunity to make the most of what you got. Like that car is fully depreciated. Sure. You can't make it worth much less, except if you light it on fire. So part of me says, you know what? Just ring it out a little more. Like it still runs perfectly fine. Perfect. And Perfect. The mo- hey. We drive, literally drive my Mazda right. in any yeah. car so, we own. <laughs> like think about You're on what motor you- two. I'm on motor one. Well, it was by choice. It's a difference. So you're pointing at the, you're pointing at your microphone. Somebody else. I'm trying to do hand Sorry. signals trades oh. here. Anyway, I so I think like I, I would be of the of the opinion, nurse it a little longer. Let like, it roll. Let it roll. But let if you ride. really want something new, then cool. Like you're a big boy, you have a good job. Like go for it. You know, fine. But you know, it, I I almost feel like you're kind of settling based on talking to you. Like you're not like you're not like yeah yes this is totally what I want. Like I'm excited about this. You're like no yeah this is this is fine. This this kind of meets my qualifications. This is fine, but this isn't giving you the fizzies no, at all. You're, you're definitely right. So I'm thinking you should find something that can give you some fizzies. Have you driven the Merc lately? And well, like, but also I know Jeff is completely unwilling to do any real maintenance, which is what any, all European cars yes, require. Yes, correct. So it cannot be a European correct. car. Just not not going to happen. I, I should mention so, that in 175,000 miles on this Mazda is still in the stock clutch. The 220,000 miles in stock oil filter. Probably, it's probably I, I yes. I'm like, sure you're not easy on the clutch. No, all the time. No, driven it hard and wet, and like I've never I've never really done any preventative maintenance on it whatsoever. It still has every single original belt. Yeah. And so that's why he cannot have a European car. <laughs> but I, I'm just I'm saying, like, if you're going to spring, you're going to make the plunge rather than stick with the, you know, max depreciation, get, find something that gives you fizzies. And especially if it has, takes another six months or a year of driving the, 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 the free car to get a little more ready to go then maybe do that. And I know, I don't know what gives you the fizzies really. Like I know you need a back seat. I know you want something fun to drive and it's got to be pretty reliable without much maintenance. The only other thing that's coming to my head is like a, a 15 plus Mustang five liter because fun, fast back seat, I don't know, reasonably priced. I don't, I don't know. Drive. A Mustang. I don't, you don't, I don't want, could, no, no, I'm saying, I don't know if I could live in rear wheel drive. As Snow tires, man. Snow tires. Yep. tires. Eh. Furthermore, you Snow have a, tires you have... are great. And I you were four an e... by four. Right. I daily drove an E30 for years with snow tires. That thing was a champ. And yes, you've got a truck with big, gnarly all-terrains. 
Oh, you're not wrong. Okay. I saw your hand up. I'm, I'm going, I'm also, um, I'm more concerned about the size of the hatch. So you were pissed that you went to Fazio's and your piece of metal didn't fit in the back of your yes! hatch. Yes. And so you said, so then you had to leave your piece of metal, go get your truck, come back with your truck to get your piece of metal. So I am thinking that this car is not big enough for you. Um, and I said, you, you have a Forester or whatever she has. Um, it's a and truck so, too. So she, right now, no, I'm just I, saying. I, I have a Titan. But, but you like, but you drive your hatch because you like it for the hatch. And I don't think this hatch is big enough. Um, so that's what I am thinking that I, it's cute. It's fine. It'll be fun. I'd probably be fun enough. But if you're willing to settle for something that doesn't fit all of the things, I think you're just going to miss things from the three. And that's why I went to the Merc because I'm like, I can fit. We we can. It's a we, lot big. Your work is definitely yeah. Oh, absolutely. But that was part of the the game was that I will not get something with a smaller hatch than the Mazda and my Mazda the 07 and all of the rest of them forever and ever. I said that's why Mazda's out. I love my car, but I will never get anything smaller than that because the hatch is not big enough. And you you're playing the game between hot hatch and wagon. You like the idea of a hot hatch. You like the Veloster Veloster. Love Veloster. Right. So you like them, but the Can't hatch. Find- it's just too much just, money. Well, sure, but I mean, they're just not the size and. So like, you think you, wagon? I I mean, mm. I don't care what you get. I'm just Our saying for life. Yeah, I'm just trying to think mm. of what you actually want and what you're actually looking at. I don't think are right. Like I think you you either have to say I'm getting like I'm going to get a Miata instead. It's just a big non convertible, like bigger car right because the, the this car is much small is going to be smaller than the mazda go ahead chris it already a, went a, but a, a tangent on the side of this or if you find something that gives you the fizzies that's not big enough then you just have to make that commitment that you're just going to drive the truck more like you know I, i've i've lived with having a, an m coupe as my daily driver that car's tiny when i needed something bigger you take the suburban yes the suburban sucks it does the job when you need it. And the time you're not driving it, you're driving a fun car that you actually really quite like. And for a long time, we did that with three cars. That was weird when sometime we had three cars, but basically it was the Mazda. We're almost back there. Uh, we're getting there. But, uh, but uh, yeah, somewhere between the Mazda and the and the Suburban and a sports car. And you, we're not going to drive that in the winter. So we just know that if one of us has to go further, who gets the bigger car? Mm. You have all these options. So Chris is saying go smaller. Chrissy is saying hmm. go bigger. Metal, I'm not saying go got? smaller. I'm saying go for right. something that gives you the fizzies, whatever that might be. And I'm, 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 a, I'm in agreement with all of them. Um, the 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 Focus ST is actually a great car. Now, before I listened to Chris and Chrissy, I was going to recommend try the Fiesta with the same options, the Recaros and everything. Super fun car to drive. But both of them made the point of a the car's not meeting your needs, and then the car doesn't get you excited. This is dumb. You should have just kept the Buick if you were going to do that or the Oldsmobile or whatever it was. So you, <laughs> the Alero? Oh, no. You've got a car. You've got a car you don't love. And you've got a car that doesn't meet your needs. You should have kept the Alero. The, the three is the three is a, a right. just, just as better than walking, but at least it's a manual. At least he likes no, it. Right. And it's so, 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 just, I mean, exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm now having listened to those two. Why are you even looking at those cars? Now, for people that own them and love them, they're great cars but 
Chris hit it. There's nothing it wrong with a Focus SC. It's a no, good car. Great. It's absolutely yeah, a good if it car. Doesn't, if it doesn't quicken your pulse at the point you are in life, if it doesn't quicken your pulse, no. Now, regardless of what you choose, keep the Mazda because you were in a position where when that Mazda blows up, you don't have to have a car tomorrow. That's true. You can afford to drag your feet. So drive that Mazda until it can't pass. The problem is that he doesn't have room for 85 cars. Well, no, he's saying just keep the Mazda first. No, just the Mazda in general. Right. Right. And then keep saving saving the money that you're going to put down on this next car. But. Um, or keep no. looking. That's what we yeah, did. It well, took well, us first of, yeah. a year to get well, the, to get all of that's our my, cars. That's my all next right. thing. That's my next thing is absolutely no. Do not buy the Focus ST because look at the look on your face right now. That's not someone who's excited about a new car. You're more excited about driving your Mazda than you are driving this car that you're about to pay. Now, Jeff what, just wants just some under strange. twenty thousand dollars for it. I'm so so. I'll tell you he why you're, you need to, you need that's to it. you need to. Yeah, you need to start looking at something different. And Chris's point about buying something stupid and fun like a Mustang GT or something like that, absolutely go into I a year later, and I'm sure everyone who listens to the show is sick of me talking about how much I love this. <laughs> I, this even today, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm late. I gotta get back from work. I get it in the podcast. <laughs> this car is so much fun. And if you can't find a car that makes you giggle, no. Because whatever car you buy should be giggle worthy. You have the truck. It's logical. You have the completely economical paid for, you know, into the dirt Mazda three. So whatever you purchase that you're going to have to write a check for every month or one great big Corvette. You still have a Corvette. It's not his Corvette. Yeah, I but, can't really do the, the Corvette. Does it, does it no, matter? No, no, but it's saying it's just not your Corvette. It's, yeah. it's right. your wife's Corvette. Does it matter? Whatever car you buy next, if it doesn't make you giggle six months after you buy it, you bought the wrong car. Well, I will now go around and tell you why you're all right and you're all wrong. Okay. Chris is slightly wrong. I am kind of excited by an ST because I do want something faster. But what am I settling for? The only reason I'm buying it now is because they're getting older and older and there's nothing on the new market that I like that I can touch. The, The... I my passion if the if the if the lottery struck today and the stars aligned I would have a Veloster N but I just looked and there are 3 available in all of America and they want 5 to 7000 dollars over sticker and I refuse to pay that wait for it though it's always I could always absolutely up. wait it's a oh, Hyundai. No. They're going to come down. That's why Chris is right. And that's why Chris is wrong. Because I'm kind of excited by the by the, the ST. Okay. Here's why Chrissy is right and wrong. She's sort of right that I want to make sure the hatch is too big. But this is why the Civic Si is off the list. And a lot of the WRX. Why I didn't get it. Because if the WRX wagon existed, again, if the... Freaking automobile establishment would just sell what I want, which is a WRX wagon or a Veloster N. You're right. They would absolutely trump the Focus ST. So you're both right. I'm settling. Now, here's why Chris is also intriguing is I never really gave a both of mental and Chris are right. You're right. I probably don't need front wheel drive. So why aren't I looking at something with a five speed and a rear wheel drive? Giggle worthy. 350 horsepower. 
that I can light it up in front of the Dairy Queen anytime I want to. So tomorrow, Donuts at the Circle K, right? Uh, or you have many other large parking lots that are probably not filled anymore, and you could probably just go into. Um, go drive it tomorrow. Go have fun. Just don't sign on the deadline. Oh no no no! I am a very patient man. The last time that I searched for the car that I wanted, it took me seven and a half months between first drive and purchase. And that is probably what I'm looking at. The talent. Wow. Yeah, everyone else has been a a, either already had it in the family or a purchase of necessity. Like, damn it, I totaled the Mazda. I need something else now. That's how I got the Mazda 3 because I crashed the protege. Right, yeah. But that's that's your minimum excitement level is the talent. If the car doesn't make you as excited as the talent. Dude, have you met the guy? He loves talents. Oh, that's what I'm saying. And when you bought that talent, and when you bought that talent, you were all kinds of happy. And the situation you're in right now, that car should make you as happy as the talent. That's why the WRX or the Veloster N, because they are, in my feeling, more a a better predecessor. But the focus, like I said, if Ford was still making them, I don't think I would be trying to buy one right now. Because I would walk into the dealership six months from now and pick my color. But every single one of them is getting more old and more beat. Then then it's not the answer. The answer may not be manufactured try yet. Try it tomorrow. Yeah. See what you think. But that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And this one is not. This one is just so I can sit in their car rows and go, does this pinch my butt? And uh, I'm going to throw another one at at you too, is uh, especially with uh, Hertz unloading a lot of theirs. If you're looking at the Mustang GTs, Camaro SS, a couple of years old, the one LEs. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. What a Those car. All, automat- all the Hertz ones are automatics though, sadly. Not, yeah, not, not, I must not, have three not, pedals. Not all of them. Hertz rented uh, manual cars. They also rented manual 392 Challengers. Oh, I am not redneck enough to drive a challenger. No, no, but I'm just saying, but Hertz, they're hard to get a hold of, but they're out there. And yeah. I'm not that, America enough to drive a Mopar. You don't know, so you try. Oh, just, that's the whole idea. Yeah, I'm sure charger. they're fantastic. Go but test I can, drive a 392 Charger. I could see myself seat. in a Mustang. I could not see myself in a Charger. Go test drive a 392 Charger. I think you'll be, you'll have some fun. This Those has all been intriguing. All right. We should probably move on to what intrigue is the next me again. Do we know what we're doing next week? No, no, not idea. Uh, listeners, if you've got any ideas, go and throw it. We do have Ike from the Untitled Car Show. He's wanting to get on the show. We're trying to work out schedules. Gentleman Dave's on our docket coming in February. Uh, as soon as we can get our Kim and our Kathy schedules lined up. But if you've got an idea and that idea is not, you should have me on the show. Uh, Go ahead and let us know. You've got all of our social medias, all our contacts. Text me as long as it's not too early in the morning. Uh, we'll have something by next Wednesday. We'll probably figure it out about 7, 7.30. Awesome. It might be about the Mandalorian if you guys haven't watched it yet. Uh, not Garage Heroes. We're not doing not, Star Wars. We're not episode. doing that. I have spoken. We're not doing it. <laughs> and with that note, on Chris, the most unlikely person on the podcast to throw out a Star Wars reference, we're going to say... Thanks for downloading us. We hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Everyone Racers. We also hope you'll join us in the world of driving, racing, and building because everyone can be a racer. Even you, if you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe. It is totally free. Then go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. If you're watching us on YouTube, I'm sorry you have to look at this, 
but you could tell us all about it down there in the dude. Okay, but you could look at Mental. So look at Mental Square, not at Jeff Square or Chrissy Square. That's fine too. Chris, meh, we're in the middle there. Maybe if we pick us up the cat, we'll have something to look. Anyway, tell us in the doodly do what you think, and then push the button right over my bald head here and subscribe. Uh, if you have any questions or show ideas, drop a comment on our Facebook page, Everyone Racers. Or email us at everyone.racers at gmail.com. Text mental, because he's the only one who will listen. 484-243-0455. Actually, I do see the text, too, these days. And that dog is so cute. I am in love. Uh, Find us on Instagram or Twitter at everyone.racers. Thanks again, and until next week, keep the shiny side up. Unless there is no shiny side like Jeff's Mazda, then just keep those wheels down.